Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming to the Intuitive Art Show. Today, we are talking about pleasure and becoming a pleasure CEO with Christina Marassi. And first, we are going to reveal the Intuitive Art Drawing of the Week. And this is about how pleasure um, affects your business. So, you know, this word, it's kind of big, it's kind of clunky, pleasure. Some people aren't really connected to it. And so I wanted to know if we applied it to our business, what would happen? If you've never done intuitive art with me before and you're interested, you can take a free class at intuitiveartacademy.com. So here we go. I did this with my eyes closed so that I wasn't aware of the colors I was picking. And honestly, when I opened my eyes, I was really surprised because like there's no like love in here. There's no reality. <laughs> it's just, it's pretty cool. So the first thing I did was this spirograph of gray, which to me means intuition. So, you know, there's, if there's more intuition because of pleasure, that's always a good thing. And then there's this spiral of white, which is my truth color. So intuition and truth, you know, really taken up a lot of space here. And then there's two kinds of blue. Blue for me is a healing color. And the darker the blue, the deeper the healing. Um, this color is a little more gray. So this is like, you know, intuitive healing. And then this color seems to be a parenthesis around that. So deep intuitive healing and truth. And then I thought about it. Yeah, like, of course, because what makes us feel pleasure is our truth. And the more truth we add to anything in our life, the better we will feel and be and the more impact we'll have and all of that. So Christina, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm just feeling, um, I've already got like tingles and goosebumps listening to you. It's interesting, when you first showed it to me, I kind of had the same reaction of, those are quite plain colors when we're talking about pleasure. Um, and when I hear the way you describe it, it's just like, of course. I mean, pleasure is so healing and it can be like the best GPS to our true, um, you know, like essence and what it wants and the way that we can follow like what's best for us in life and in business with parentheses. <laughs> so I love that drawing and, and the, um, the analogy and the details that come through that. So thank you for sharing. I love your gifts around that. Thanks. Yeah, I know. It was a surprise to me too. So you've had kind of a long road to this point. I mean, you've had such an amazing career trajectory. So just so the people who don't know you can get to know you, um, you started out doing photography for like high-end fashion and entertainment. Mm -hmm. You learned a lot there, and then you yes. became a healer, a broke yes. healer. <laughs> a broke healer, yes. And then you realized, okay, um, you know, you want to change the world, you want to be a philanthropist, so you kind of need money for that. Mm -hmm. um, you became a highly successful business coach doing ecstatic branding work, which is where I met you. Mm -hmm. And why don't you take it from there? Because I think that is just fascinating. <laughs> First of all, you know the story so well. <laughs> I'm honored that you've been paying attention. Um, yeah, so that was a wild ride to transition from being a broke healer into becoming a successful business coach, you know, and it was like, 
the business grew really quickly. I was helping women bring together all their gifts to create careers that didn't exist yet. And I called that your ecstatic brand. And, you know, I kind of reached what I've been calling like the pinnacle of, you know, the desire for people in the coaching industry. You know, I was doing big three-day live events with, you know, over 100 people from around the world and holding high-end masterminds and, you know, in the high six figures with income. And, you know, my community and I helped to uh, sponsor a village in Africa for five years as well with building a school and having clean water and school supplies and all these different things. And, you know, it really felt like, wow, I did it. I kind of can't believe I did it, but I did it. And there were so many parts of it that were amazing. And the part that wasn't was that I was exhausted. You know, like I really, all of my life force was going into the business and it felt that, you know, in hindsight now, it looks a little like it was kind of sucking me dry to a certain degree. Um, And there's lots of reasons for that. Some of it's going to be, you know, my own healing journey around my own power, but there's also such a huge piece of it of, you know, what happens when women try to do business like men? What happens when, you know, business is very traditionally masculine, of course, it's all about results and metrics, and money and plans and strategies and getting things done and goals. And I mean, the list goes on and on. And while there's nothing wrong with any of those things, they're inherently of the masculine archetype. And we are women. We're built differently. Like we have a masculine side, but we also have a feminine side. And the feminine side, of course, doesn't really get a lot of play in a very patriarchal society. So there's feminine powers that we don't think are useful in business, but I'm here to kind of take a stand and lead a pleasure CEO movement that they are useful in business. So back to my story, you know, I was at this pinnacle of a kind of success and impact that I was really excited by, but I was exhausted. I was drained. Um, It felt like there was a next level to the body of work, and I just felt so empty. Um, I also had no personal life to speak of. I'd gone through a divorce as well, and I think, you know, I'd sort of thrown like all of that energy into the business, which not the worst thing in the world to do, but at some point it started to be very out of balance. So I knew something needed to shift. I was well aware of that. I was getting the messages and I was attempting to kind of turn the ship slowly, but I had this machine of a successful coaching business. And, you know, I feel like the universe, the great goddess in the sky wasn't having it. And at some point, like the things that were working weren't really working as much anymore. And then it meant that I was just like having to hustle even more to make things happen. And I finally was like, I'm done. You know, I had to like come to Jesus moment. I was about to sign the contract on my next live event and they tended to be quite expensive. And I had a launch that wasn't going as well as I'd hoped. And, and I finally just sat down and was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Something really isn't right here. So I think there's only a drastic answer here, which was to pull the plug on the business and be like, okay, I'm going into the unknown. What needs to happen? What's the next level of this work? And I need to kind of replenish and start to find a personal life for myself. So 
that process ended up being intense. Um, you know, I moved from Los Angeles to the Bay Area. Uh, I kind of, you know, let go of my big group programs and my big live events and just started coasting with some private clients. Um, and I started to create a pleasure makeover for myself. You know, I knew that I needed that. Um, so there's a lot to share on this journey, but the pieces are I found an amazing practice called orgasmic meditation. Um, and that really helped me to start to fill back up to get more in touch with my sensuality um, and to see the potency of a woman's sensuality and her sex power and started to get very curious of what that looked like in business. And so eventually, a year and a half into it, which I don't think I thought it would take that long, um, you know, I kind of got the download, as they say, and launched this new body of work, which is about being a pleasure CEO, you know, for women entrepreneurs so that we can learn how to be women and business rather than men and how can we utilize our feminine superpowers that are inherently you know of the feminine archetype of pleasure and desire and turn on and like the body and sensuality which seem like they have no place in business but my stand is that they do now the only problem is we're so wired in a particular way it's kind of severely going against the grain. So it takes like a whole new operating system that we need to install in order to kind of create these changes. And so that's where you find me is like on that path of leading that charge. Very cool. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about the fact that you had this machine that was working and it was great and it was very man mode, mm -hmm. very, um, you know, typical business style of strategy, like you said, but then it, it kind of, you didn't, you didn't shift fast enough. And then, you know, great goddess, as you call her, kind of shut it down for you or things stopped working. I experienced that myself. Like when I know that something is kind of out of alignment and I try to go forward anyway, it just doesn't work. I could do the same exact thing I did last month that made money. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Totally. And I think a lot of people are there, but they get frustrated. Maybe they don't realize they're out of alignment and they just think like they're failing. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, what would you say to people to get them to open up to this feminine way of doing it and to check in? How do you teach that switch? You know, it's a fabulous question and it's actually inherent in this stand that I'm taking because what I really saw is that so many of us first of all, are not even really comfortable with our feminine nature, you know, our inherent feminine superpowers. And secondly, like, you know, we don't even know what we want, you know, or how to feel good. Like all of these things that are actually our birthright are so foreign to us because they've been suppressed by, you know, living amongst masculine values. So it seeped in it in the, you know, the patriarchal culture. So it's a place where to me, it's like, willing to be dismantled, you know, to go into the death part of the cycle. And as a society, we don't really like that. You know, we like birth, we like life, we don't like death so much. But all three of those are so crucial. So I did go through a death, you know, for the for that year and a half. And still, you know, I'm kind of in it to a certain degree. Um, and it was powerful. Like my identity got dismantled. I moved to a new city. I was in different communities. Um, you know, I had a certain stature in the industry and that shifted, you know, you go away a little bit. Like there was a lot of death that had to go on. So 
I wouldn't wish it on anyone is the only thing. And I'm sure, you know, so many of us are just here for that path. Like I'm sure so many of your viewers, you know, are healers, are artists, and we just know that that's part of who we came to be. So my recommendation would be, number one, don't be afraid of being dismantled and dying. And ideally, you kind of dive right in because the more you resist it, it's going to grab you by the neck and take you down anyway. Um, and make some time for you to tune into your feminine nature of like, what do you desire? You know, write out desire lists. Like, what does feel good to you? What, how could you follow your turn on, you know, rather than your shoulds and your obligations and your to-do lists? Where do you feel the most juice and the most electricity and the most alive? And let those be, um, I have a friend who calls them sparkly breadcrumbs, my friend Sam Bennett, and I love that. So how can you follow the sparkly breadcrumbs of turn on and electric juice as a way to guide you to what's next instead of operating out of, again, obligations or shoulds or what you know, other pe people think you should be doing? Yeah, and I imagine that those sparkly breadcrumbs could lead you into doing stuff that's a little bit on your edge. Like yeah. for me, um, this year I've been really called to open up more about a lot of things I don't normally talk about, like the whole galactic heritage thing and the open relationship thing and just a lot more personal stuff. Um, but it's working, right? And that's what people want from me. So those sparkly breadcrumbs will often lead us to our own you know, comfort level tipping point. I'm sure for you too, I remember when you started talking about your new work and you were a little afraid as well. Totally. It's totally on my edge. I mean, and, and it's like still happens. Um, I just shared a post about how I took a class that taught me how to give a lap dance in the middle of my launch. And, you know, there's a lot of backstory behind that, but it was this very sacred healing, holy experience to learn this lap dance. And I used to have judgment around stripping and things like that. But this teacher was amazing and it was um, from a body of work called S Factor. And so I found it to be so empowering, so deep and so beautiful. And so I was in a class with some entrepreneurial friends and the way we were taught was we learned the lap dance and we gave them to each other. And you know, it was, it was fascinating to like be there and receive the lap dance of one of my friends that was just so turned on and so amazing it was like you, there was such a nervous giggle going on and anyway we had some photos and it was like do we share these on Facebook you know can people handle this and um, you know we found the ones that we thought were the most appropriate um, but it was interesting my friend posted the photos first and there were people who responded that was like this makes me totally uncomfortable um, which, you know, it's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And then I just shared them with my list. And interestingly, I had a colleague reach out who was going to share um, something I'm offering at the moment with her list. And she was like, Christina, I love you. And my list couldn't handle you talking about lap dances. You know, like that's a little bit too much of a leap for them. And it was just so fascinating to be like, and she's right. I mean, she's totally right. But of course, you know, once you get deep into the thing you love, you forget how on the edge it is, right? So anyways, I'm still getting challenged around that of how big a stand can I take? Because I don't want to completely alienate. You know, I want to like take a stand and if polarization happens, I mean, that's okay. That's part of a good brand. But um, I also don't want to blow everyone out. So 
yeah, it's an interesting journey when you get pushed to your edge for sure. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. It's almost like, you know, you still have to think about your audience and what they need and want from you as opposed to just kind of, yeah, putting it all out there. Um, that's why I actually created my new membership just because I want to share so much more that is a little more edgy and so just make them, you know, come inside and that way it's all out in the open and all good. Just like what you're doing with your, um, pleasure CEO. I went through the program last winter and there is a lot of edgy stuff in there. There's stuff (laughs) like, um, BDSM and bondage and, um, and what you learn from all those things, which is obviously completely revolutionary and it's just, it's very deep, right? Like you keep saying it's very healing and mm-hmm. sacred and I get that from you. Um, and I got that in the course. So how, what was it like to get into all of that? Because I imagine you didn't come from like a family that was just like going to these clubs, right? Like this is <laughs> No. Um, Although I will say my my family was not quite as shut down around sensuality as, say, the average one was. Like, my mother really tried when I was growing up to be very open-minded. You know, like, she when she knew I had a boyfriend, she sat me down and talked. We got on birth control and all of that. But interestingly, it almost backfired to a certain degree because this was in the 70s, right? So she, I think, was in that, like, I'm a liberated woman thing. And it was almost too much for me as a kid. You know, like, I was quite shy and I unfortunately remember, you know, as a kid going to the YMCA and, you know, there was a big changing area that was communal or there were private rooms and I wanted to go change in the private rooms and she would shame me, which wasn't so good, right? So it's like six of one half dozen of the other. So she was more open-minded, but it did a little damage in itself. So anyway, um, no, that's not where I came from, but like, how did that all start to open up? I mean, I would, I guess... It was when I, you know, I left New York in the fashion photography and I moved to Los Angeles. And so I became a healer and I really learned about energy. And on some level, it's like energy either flows or it doesn't. And so sex power is kind of the same thing. It's just a potent version of energy. And is it flowing or isn't it? Like, are there blocks there? You know, and I found ecstatic dance. And I mean, I wasn't in my body at all, like in my 20s. I really had to learn that through the healing work that I received and gave um, through ecstatic dance, through continuum movement, through performance art improv. I mean, all these things, like I did a lot of work to open up my body. Um, So I guess it was in that journey. It's a good question of just realizing and also opening up my femininity. I wasn't naturally very feminine either. I'm a strong woman, right? So it comes across often as quite masculine. So there was just a teasing apart and a learning about the beauty of the body and a learning about the beauty of energy and starting to see sensuality and sexuality as something very sacred and really just comes down to energy and the body. Um, and embodiment, which is also something else I'm fascinated by. So it has been, you know, a long journey. Um, so it's good for me to remember that not everyone is at the same point, you know. Yeah. Um, I was with some friends recently and who, I, who have done a lot of work in this arena, and it was amazing. Like, I still apparently was 
many steps ahead of them in my comfort level in my body. And I wouldn't have thought that, right? Like I would have thought they were up there with me. So it's just fascinating, you know, this unfortunately all the shame that, you know, the culture instills in us around the body and um, sensuality. So sometimes I get scared of like what a big task this is, but I'm up for the challenge today anyway. Nice. So one of the things that I noticed when I really started contemplating all of this and, you know, why I don't dress up often or wear makeup often. And I kind of felt that because I'm empathic and a lot of the people who are watching are too, Mm. um, when we have made our appearance look more feminine, we often get negative attention. And because of the empathy we can feel it more deeply than just like noticing someone looking at us. And um, once I kind of discovered that, it kind of started this journey of taking back my own sexuality and my own feminine power and deciding what I want to look like for me and not to like not make something happen outside of me. Um, what What do you think about all that and about women reclaiming their sexuality as their own and kind of stepping out of that? defensive mode oh that's so good because here's what i've learned if you don't own your sexuality and your sensuality somebody else will and that's really what's happening so when we've gotten all those that negative attention around that sensual power we've shut it down but that means we're kind of vacant and a bit of a vacuum around it and so then somebody else owns it outside of us so it seems almost like counterintuitive, you know, that if we own more of our sensual power, then we might get more negative attention and things like that. I personally haven't found that um, because I know I'm, you know, most of your audience, I mean, everyone's empathic. Like I'm sure they get some, you know, this healing journey. So take this or leave it. But this is part of my belief system is that if I'm getting the negative feedback outside of me, I take that as an opportunity to see where's that happening inside of me. Where do I have an unconscious voice that actually feels the same way as that judgment I'm getting from the outside? So it still happens. I mean, I still have places where I'm getting that judgment. And, and again, every t- I just try and look out, like, where am I not comfortable with this? Because I found that if I'm comfortable with being more in my feminine power, then generally others are too. Now, it's not across the board. You know, every day I'm hearing about someone who's like, yeah, you kind of scare me a little bit. <laughs> it's like, what can I do? You know, it's like, I'm not that scary, but um, that's all right. That's their experience. Uh, and I guess the more I'm in my power, it's like, okay, that's, that belongs to them. That's not mine, right? So, but it is terrifying when you first start, you know, um, I haven't told this story in a while, but, you know, when I was in the ecstatic dance community in Los Angeles, I would dance three times a week. And at the time, I wore the traditional, like, yoga pants and a white tank top or something. And then I would see someone from, you know, from the dance community outside in the world, and they would never know who I was. And it was like, are you kidding me? You see me three times a week? Like, what is going on here? And so I really got that, like, am I invisible? 
what's happening here? So I started to experiment with, okay, what if I wear clothing that's a little bit brighter and a little bit more feminine and a little bit more sensual? Well, then what happens? Will they see me then? And this is a little bit more of like a visibility journey, but at the same time, I feel like it's a feminine journey too, um, because I wasn't super comfortable with all that. I didn't used to ever wear dresses. I didn't ever used to wear makeup. I was like a total hippie healer. Um, so this has all been a stretch for me. But I see it so part and parcel with me owning more and more of my power. Some could say it's vanity or materialism or frivolity. To me, it's like the exact opposite. As I stand more in my body, as I stand more in my power, as I own more of my femininity, like I feel those, like I feel more comfortable in using adornment and makeup and jewelry and clothing. And it's almost, I mean, I don't want to say um, like my armor because that's not the case, but it's like, that's just, it just feels right. So it's such an interesting, again, slightly counterintuitive journey. It's cool. Well, it's, you know, a lot about releasing judgment, right? Like yeah. judgment that makeup is bad or judgment that dressing mm -hmm. up is bad. Um, and judgment about those other, you know, sexual uh, ways of being or right? whatever you're into, right? Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I think the work that you do, I love that it's so deep and it just goes back to, you know, bringing you back to yourself like the drawing was saying, you know, bringing you to your truth, connecting you with your intuition. Um, and also kind of your, your, that you've kept the focus in your business. I think that's hard to do when you have such a big mission and such a big um, amount of elements going on in what you're trying to bring to the world, but yet you have that focus of pleasure. Was that you know, something that developed over time or when you got your first download, is that like, did that come in? Is, is, are you asking like about how I use pleasure in business? No, just about how you got the focus in your business. Now. Okay. The download. Um, I mean, I've always been fascinated by sensuality because again, I saw that when a woman was totally in her liberated full sensuality and power, more energy was flowing. She was like flipped, you know, like her switch was on. Like I just saw that it was really about power and energy, pure and simple. So I have always been fascinated by that. Even when I was, you know, an ecstatic brand business coach, sensuality was woven into the work. So it's not like that came out of the blue. But to move away from like, I help you build your launch and make money. And, you know, that, that was definitely scary and continues to be on some level because I'm talking about pleasure and I forget how much education is needed around that. Right. So I guess it was more, um, you know, I learned this practice called orgasmic meditation. And then the deeper story is that they have a coaching program. So, you know, I was already a coach, but I was fascinated by the body of work behind this practice. And so I did the six month coaching program. So I started to understand more about orgasm as a life force energy, less about climax and more about this power that we're talking about that animates us and makes us like totally, you know, in our vitality. And I saw that that needs to fuel our businesses because so many of like my seven figure colleagues are completely wiped out, 
drained, in adrenal fatigue, like exhausted. It goes on and on because we're running our businesses through willpower, which is sort of the traditional way of the masculine, right, in business. But I think that pleasure power trumps willpower, but we just don't know how to do it and or we don't even have access to it because we've suppressed it so much. So I, it was more from this place of I don't want anyone to go through what I went through of, you know, like getting so burnt out that you know, I wasn't quite burnt out, but I was definitely on the edge. Um, you know, like how can we have access to that fuel that is our sensuality and our pleasure and how can our businesses be fueled from that place and to me like it always comes down to like wanting to help the movement leaders like step into their power and be leaders on the global stage right so if you're exhausted it ain't gonna happen right so how can your businesses be more sustainable because you are bringing in your feminine nature alongside your masculine nature in your business? So I just was super passionate about it. Whether it was the smartest business decision, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that yet because um, it's interesting. Like I love the new work and I'm, I'm learning it as I'm teaching it on some level, right? Because I've discovered the rewiring of the brain goes so deep. Like I know better, but still I sit down and get like overwhelmed by my, you know, obligations and shoulds and to-do lists, right? So I'm slowly rewiring that and I'm wanting to do business from the feminine, but I'm not even totally sure I get it 100% yet. Like, so that's why I, I kind of enjoy continuing to like gather the sisterhood together and create containers where we figure it out together. Like, do some pleasure research. Bring back your data from the field. Let's land this, you know, as a sisterhood. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and, you know, I think I have an artist soul deep down. So it's like this is whether it was the best business decision, who knows, jury's still out. But it's what my artist soul needed and to be in devotion to the feminine too. So I'm here. Awesome. Gosh, so much on that. What I love is that you created a checklist, which is so masculine, right? But about adding <laughs> pleasure to your business, because I do it too. I mean, I, I think that I have a pretty intuitively run business. I'm really checked in with myself, um, but I get into that serious mood too. And so um, Christina made a checklist of a hundred different ways you can bring pleasure to your business. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, I think one of them is like, got a new tube of lipstick that you maybe wouldn't wear outside of your house. And I'm so, oh my God, I will play around with lipstick in my house, but whenever I leave the house with it on, I feel so silly because it's just not my norm. Um, so there's so many things to play around with and just add a smile to your day and kind of bring you back to that. Because, you know, from the energetic point of view, right, feminine is attractive. We're attracting people to us which makes sense with the adornment and just taking care of yourself and making sure you're happy. So you're smiling and you're beaming. Um, and then that masculine is like the pushing out the willpower. Mm -hmm. So why not do it in the feminine way? Cause it's going to be a lot easier and a lot happier. At least if you're, if that's what you're wanting or where your path is right now, again, nothing mm -hmm. wrong with the other way, but right. I've found the feminine to work better for me and like we were saying before, sometimes we have no choice. We know we're, we're spiritual beings. And if our higher selves or our goddess doesn't want us in one direction or we're not meant to go there, 
it's just not going to work. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but it's not going to work. So being able to tune in like this and really know where your desires are is so helpful. Mm. And I love that you're being honest too about like creating this as you go and you don't have every single thing figured out yet. And that's just such a breath of fresh air because I'm so sick too of seeing just the gosh darn gurus out there. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, gosh darn guru.com, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like, it's, it's so important for us to realize where our genius lies. You know, like I finally have gotten clear my genius lies in gathering together a sisterhood and experimenting. I, I'm not built to have it all figured out. Like it's just not how I work best. I'm always about pushing the edge and if I have to have it all figured out, I'd probably collapse and others, maybe that is where their genius is. And that's cool too. So, so yeah, I mean, I do, like to be, you know, as honest as I certainly can of like, this is where I'm at. And, you know, I'm not going to create an experience that will completely fix everything in your life. Because on some level, that's masculine too, right? Like wanting results. And the feminine is more about let's enjoy the journey and make it all good, right? So this is where part of like the rewiring of the brain is so important for us to keep checking back in with, um, you know, where is the feminine in this? And, and I just want to take a moment too. like, this is not about man bashing or even masculine bashing because the ideal of, you know, I like to call when a woman is a woman in business rather than a man, she's a pleasure CEO. And it's not just trying to run a business only from your feminine, not in the slightest. The ideal is that we have an empowered feminine and an empowered masculine and they come together into a divine union. That is the ideal. The problem is, is that the feminine has been so underutilized, she's almost atrophied. So we need some time to like get her up and out so that, you know, we can bring them together as equals. Perfect. Yeah, right. Because we need that structure to really hold and contain what we're building. Yeah. You can't really do one or the other completely. No. Yeah. No. Awesome. So, I mean, I could talk to you forever about this. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about um, your launch that's going on now and your program and how we can find out more? Okay. Awesome. Well, the first place to get started is the checklist that Rachel mentioned. And I know she's going to have a link for you all somewhere around here because I want people to sort of have a way to get their feet wet. So, you know, for some of you, maybe pleasure in business makes perfect sense. And for some of you, it might be like, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then interestingly, for the ones of you, it makes sense. I bet, you know, you have your own devotion to the feminine, you know, of her importance, but are you using her in business? I mean, I see so many people like who are, have a deep devotion to the feminine, but they still operate in their masculine and business, right? So this checklist is for all of you. Um, and it's a great place to get started with just like Rachel mentioned, a hundred simple steps like new lipstick or, you know, using your favorite mug to make your tea and they get a little more in depth and there's a few edgy ones in there, but for the most part, super, super simple, accessible. You can get started with a bunch of them right away. So that I'd love to invite you to hundred ways to add business, uh, add pleasure into your business. And then um, I'm doing a, a new training workshop that's coming up very soon too. So when you go to get the checklist, you'll also get an invitation to this training. Um, and then 
a recording if this is after the fact, and then also um, there'll be some other things coming up soon. So just kind of jump into the pool. I've got a great Facebook community called the Pleasure CEO Sisterhood. You're welcome to come join that. You know, just come join the fray, if you will. Um, and then the the workshop is we're going to go deeper into. Okay, so what does that look like to be a woman in business? And how can we unleash more of our pleasure and see how it's actually the answer to having everything that we want, like especially getting off, you know, the hamster wheel of overwhelm and exhaustion in our business. Like I keep learning, like pleasure and desire. I mean, we're all on this journey of learning how to come home to our truth and our soul and our higher selves. And I'm telling you, Pleasure and desire are actually the GPS system to help you do that. You know, your desires are sparks that rise up from your soul and send you in the direction of a nutrient you need. You know, like, what better way to guide you, you know? And then pleasure sort of shows you how you, like, you're enjoying life and fully being in the body and on the planet. I mean, to me, they're such high arts and it's, hilarious you know how they often are denigrated as something simplistic but to me you know it's almost like the thing if you will so anyways come and grab the checklist you know you'll get to come into the movement and the sisterhood and hear about these workshops that are coming up because as I mentioned hearing about it is one thing but putting it into action and having it be your new norm of really valuing the feminine in an especially masculine environment such as business that takes doing. That takes being around sisters who are doing the same things. That takes like, you know, putting attention on it and rewiring, you know, day in and day out. And um, so I'd love to invite you to join that process with me. Awesome. Thank you so much. And some things came in while you were talking about, yeah. you know, how a lot of people in my community are like into the whole higher self-integration and all that. And what is the place that we're normally stuck, right? Those lower chakras. I know you used to talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. This is like the practical way to do all of that, to get yes. benefits of doing that. And so, yeah, really cool. Totally. I love it. I've always said that business lives in the lower chakras, right? And really, so many of us spiritual folks, we like going up and out and hanging out in the upper chakras, but we came here to be in human form, like it or not, right? So the work is almost like getting down and in and fully embodied. So when I was teaching business, it was using it as a tool to get people to that fully embodied, involuted place, right? So I love doing it in that way. And so to me, pleasure and desire like takes that to the next level, like seriously enjoying the human form and the flesh and the delights of, you know, what we came here for. So yeah, that's, this is all kind of part of this body of work around becoming a pleasure CEO and, you know, how can we come together as women and like change the face of business, you know, bring in this new operating system and like kind of, you know, the men have their version of an exalted form of power, but we've got our form of exalted form of power and not many of us are in it, unfortunately. And I want us to just be like, kabam, we're here. And like, we're here to like make incredible change on the planet, but we need all of our power. So please come in and join the process. Mm, that was a perfect place to end. I love that. So there you have it, people. <laughs> Claim all of your power and let's see what happens. This is such an exciting time and I really look forward to seeing all of you in Christina's group. It's a pretty fun place. It's a pretty edgy place at times too. <laughs> and you're really just encouraged to be yourself. So 
Thank you, Christina. This was an absolute delight to talk to you. I'm so excited about what you're doing. And thank you for stepping up and getting out there. Mm, thank you, Rachel. You, I mean, you have always been such an incredible supporter. I mean, I've just always felt so seen by you and, you know, felt so blessed when you were feeling the work that I was offering. And it's been a joy to walk this path with you. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for the community that you were creating. And I'm honored to get to be shared with them. Thanks. You're very welcome. Well, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for watching the Intuitive Art Show. Bye-bye.